to the Masters of Modern. It is an exciting day. This previews Modern Horizons is being released. It's we're recording this way ahead of time because it is our official preview episode, part one. That's right. There's a part two coming out tomorrow. We got two preview cards. I have them both printed out in large size formats, ready to show off. I'm gonna show off the first one today. Um, and we're just hyped. But these these are some sweet cards. Uh, They're really sweet. I mean, Modern Horizons two. You know, you flash back seven years to when this show started. At that time, I believe the only modern centric uh, sort of Masters level set that had been released was the first Modern Masters. That was the very first one. And over the next several years, we had tons of Master sets, two more of those. Horizons was a very special set, the first one, because obviously we got new cards printed into Modern. It was something we had never seen before, and it turned out to be one of the most fun experiences we'd ever had playing Magic, so much so that we got to actually draft it the other night at your place. Uh, with a big group of vaccinated people, and it was so fun. It was such a great yeah. reminder of how good of a set that is. Absolutely, and you know, it, it broke modern half. I'm, you know, it's crazy that one card that they previewed four days ago that we haven't seen yet. That's going to definitely break the format. But then that other card that everyone's really, really excited by, I think it's overhyped, and I don't think it's going to see any play. So those, those are our official opinions on cards we've never seen. Uh, for those who don't know, we are a modern centric podcast. We release content on YouTube as well as on any podcast app you may have, uh, and um, we've been doing this for a long time. We're really excited if you uh, are joining us for the first time please uh, like and follow and subscribe we come out with a new episode every week we also do commander streams on monday on twitch uh, and a bunch of other fun stuff and we appreciate you stopping by to check out these brand new spicy cards um and i think i think let's 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 show off the first one so for those who don't know we have a second preview coming out tomorrow so if you like you want to see that preview first off you want to be one of the first people to see it like and subscribe because you're going to see it next week or not next week tomorrow so today is uh may 31st in the future and tomorrow will be june 1st because that's how calendars work and first preview comes out may 31st and tomorrow at 9 a.m june 1st the second preview will come out but the first preview i'm gonna read i'm gonna read some some things uh off to you uh uh and and uh hopefully this will hype you up a little bit so the first thing it is a it is a creature okay Um, i like creatures it's a three two it's a three two does it cost two or less is what I want to know, Ooh, it, Alex. In fact, in fact, it does, Ben. Uh, it, it costs. We're winning. Not We're only winning. does it cost two. It does. It does. It is. It is two colored mana. So it's black, black. So it's a little harder to cast. Okay. But it's, it, it is black, a two, black, two mana, three, t, three, two mana, three, two. It is a rogue. Another card type that I know you're, you're a fan of. Um, I love rogues. Yep. You love rogues. Uh, the, the other creature type is. Uh, a Dwathi or a Dalthi or whatever, whatever anyone's pronouncing it. I'm assuming there's a guide out to explain everyone. A creature are you type saying, that... are you saying Dothi like Dothi D A U T H I? Yes. Is that the, the tempest, shadow famous tempest creature? Yes. Type? So, so speaking of which it does have shadow. Uh, so, so okay. it is, it does have the ability shadow. I know it's a big, it's really cool how they brought shadow back um, alongside possibly horsemanship. I'm, I'm going to be really, you know, flying horsemanship and shadow all in the same set. That's wild. Um, if, if horsemanship isn't in the set, uh, I, I, we assumed, cause I think it's the only one with 15 letters from Mars preview. Um, and- I mean, a two mana three, so, so a two mana three, two Doffy rogue for black, black is already like a pretty strong, like yeah, I already is, like that is, because of its creature types. Yeah, this is an unblockable three, two. This is a shadow three, two for two, which is kind of on its own. If this card was printed, Maybe just a playable card, especially in 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 any type of deck that takes cares about mono black devotion um, or a rogues deck. Like the, it has a it has a relevant creature type and a relevant um, kind of mana cost, and it is a you know a, a really efficient uh, evasive threat. But it has more abilities. But wait, 
There's more. Um, There's more. So it is called Douthi Dawa. I'm going to hate this word forever. Uh, how do you say it, Ben? <laughs> I can't see it. All I can see is a black card. No, but the, the creature type. Oh, Dothy. Dothy, Dothy. Okay, so it is Dothy Voidwalker. Just going to just Dothy bring this up to show you what you can see so Walker. far. It's a rare. Okay, so we got ourselves oh, it a, is a rare, rare Dothy Rogue. Yep. All right, so after Shadow first ability and this is this is another big relevant one if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere instead exile it with a void counter on it so okay so any card any card goes into their graveyard from anywhere you get to exile it with a void counter correct so rest in peace void counter uh also works with like a helm of awake or helm of awakening i think yeah for legacy decks but in modern uh exiles graveyards and then last but not least you can tap it to sacrifice uh, the void walker to end choose an exiled card an opponent owns with a void counter on it you may play it this turn without paying its mana cost you just get to play any card that's in their graveyard if you sacrifice well dothy void walker so so it has to be a card that exiled with dothy so once this is in play any card that would go into their graveyard gets exiled with a void counter and then later you can tap it I love having big cards. You, you can tap that it to cast sick. that card for free. Yes. So if you like, if you play this with the rogue, the one drop that like mills them when you play it and you happen to like have this in play and the mill Karn against like a Tron player, you can just play Karn for free on your next turn by tapping this and sacrificing him. So two mana Karns, other obviously cool plays, like anything you get with them against Dredge, you it's just like a really, really good hate card, right? It's a main deckable hate card against them. You get a lot of value from it. Uh, at this point, I believe Marshall will have put it up on frame because I think I'm, I'm being inverted. So hopefully, yeah, editor can maybe switch us so I'm not inverted um, since we're holding up actual props that people need to be able to read. But um yeah it's it, this card seems extremely powerful hopefully it's right here and it's and it's good art glory okay um, now, so now, one thing that's extremely cool about this yeah. i just want to point out something that i've noticed emrakul states that when it is placed into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere it reshuffles if a card would be placed into an opponent's graveyard it exiles which means that emrakul's reshuffle never happens emrakul gets exiled and this could cast emrakul from your opponent's graveyard by yes. tapping and sacrifice. You do have to play against the rare opponent who's playing Emrakul. Um, I'm just saying this is like is, a rare I, I, example of where Emrakul going to the graveyard results in you getting something sweet. That is true. Uh, I, I'm probably more excited to cast my opponent's Primeval Titans. Yeah. If we're talking about like, if we're talking about like <laughs> what, what are the coolest cards that are common cards that are seeing play in modern that you can get by milling your opponent with this in play, um, it's... Yeah, Primeval Titan is a huge one. There's some good Planeswalkers. Like yeah, you all can the get, Planeswalkers. Five Minute Teferi is really good. Um, Ugin, you can end up Karn. getting Ugin Jace. Karn. Yeah, you can You can end up getting some of those modern decks that do the all-in uh, Platinum Empyrean decks now. You can you can grab Platinum Empyrean. So that's like an eight-eight that comes out pretty I think you, frequently. I think you just do. beat those decks if you mill a Platinum Empyrean, anyways. Like it's the only like the way they cheated out in the play, they like lose if you build that card. Um, but yeah, so like extremely powerful. Um, and, and that's just, it's like backup plan, right? Like it's, it's, it's up front. You're getting this like really low costed, efficient hate, a beat, hate bear beater that then like can do an insane play late game if it becomes ever irrelevant. Um, and like, yeah, I think this card's really cool. I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. it. I'll be mentioned mono black devotion decks. The fact that it's double black, 
that's like always mono black devotion's weakness, right? Is that two drop slot? Because most black black two drops aren't very good. And this might be the best ever printed. I'm like trying to think of another black black card that's this efficient. Um, and I mean, then this, this makes Nantuko Shade look like a bit of a joke, I have yes, to be honest. That is true. That is true. Um, it also. Like, as you mentioned, the rogues deck, I mean, that's been very, very popular and historic. This could give it like this. And if there are some other rogues, which I know, I think in Maro's thing, there were previews or damn that rogue that they previewed four days ago. Crazy. Uh, those those definitely have the potential of making a rogues deck in modern possible between the the support that they got from M. 21, the support they got from Zendikar Rising and probably the support they're going to be getting from uh the magic forgotten realm set right the next set is takes place in a DD world famous for rogues being one of the like main creature or like jobs you can have in a DD world it's like rogues warrior you know that's why they were the four party members on zendikar so i think like there's gonna be a lot of support for that tribe i also think this card's just playable on its own i mean the double black makes it harder for other decks that are more established but in jund like as a as a sideboard card just playing two of these and being able to bring one in against dredge decks and just have a good like creature or like any hate bears deck this like really wrecks graveyard decks i don't know how you beat like i know how you beat this as a dredge you have to kill it right uh but otherwise like it you can't block it very easily it eats your graveyard it casts spells for free if you do want to try and get rid of it I think it's got it's got a it's got a number of things that really stand out to me that are very very interesting. The first one, obviously, that you mentioned is that this is just an efficient creature. And anybody who's ever played with Shadow knows, if you're trying to go after something that's got more a higher number of power than its casting cost um, and it's evasive, you generally don't care if it can block. It doesn't matter to you usually if you're three two, you know, if you're four three for three, whatever it is. Like you just don't care if it can block. The sure. whole point of having an evasive thing that has a higher ratio of power to its casting cost is that it's trying to kill them. So that's great. The thing about casting a spell that was exiled with this card is great, except that it's actually just better, as you mentioned, to be more of a Thalia clone or something that just on turn two makes their game plan a lot harder. You know, like we've even just seen like Dryad Militant be a strong card in like limited and certain sideboard environments. This just puts that card to shame um, because it's literally any card right. from anywhere, right. not just instants and sorceries, right? And on top of all this, the Blue Black Mill deck was a, is a deck over the last couple of years that has actually popped up in 5 0 tournaments. Like you can win with that deck. Mm -hmm. The Blue Black Mill deck is a real deck. So if I play game one with the Blue Black Mill deck, and I have four of these in my sideboard. And in game two, when my opponent has sided all of their removal out, and I just side these in, number one, it gives me a, B, a plan B, right? One of these just wins the game in seven turns, sure. which is fine anyway. But on top of the fact that if I play this on turn two, and I even just glimpse the unthinkable you on turn three, like if that's what I do, or I archive strap you, and you're playing a deck that even has like one good permanent, what if I just get your five mana to ferry for my three two? That's so oh, good. Yeah. That's going to make my mill deck so much better against you to have card advantage built in like that. I mean, like even if like even this puts me into a mind that if I'm playing a mono black devotion, I like almost make my deck a blue black devotion list. But all of the blue cards are like the cantrip that mills your opponent two cards or like things that mill my opponent a little bit and me get value off of it like a weird rogues devotion list. The 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 one card I'm also thief, I mentioned it earlier, but Thieves Guild Enforcer. Uh, so a black 1-1 one, one flash whenever Thieves Guild Enforcer or another rogue enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent mills two cards. As long as an opponent has eight or more cards in your graveyard, Thieves Guild Enforcer is plus two, plus one, and has death touch. But the fact that this, like, 
is a rogue so you get advantage of tribal synergies in a mono black like a mono black devotion rogues deck is basically what i'm explaining and you know it enters the battlefield and mills your opponents too and any rogue so you can play this for one it'll mill them too you can then play the void walker it'll come into play it'll mill them for an additional two those two get void counters and then from that point on every rogue you play will build on what cards you can eventually cast for free and you mentioned not being able to block with shadow but something that's interesting about this is if as long as you exile a creature you, you can just leave this back as a blocker because it it like it can do it at instant speed you get whatever you're casting off of this at, at speed there's no sorcery stipulation yeah, I keep reading it to make it. sure that's true. But yeah, no, there's yeah, you just get the cast it for free. <laughs> so like this card, this card's super, super sweet. I'm like super excited to see the C play now outside of just modern. Well, it, I guess last like Jund is the last place or Jund and Grixis Death Shadow kind of decks places. And I think both of those, this card's also really good. There's ways to modify uh, Grixis Death Shadow to be able to take advantage of mill. But the big one is this also works with Thoughtseize. It's from anywhere. So the fact that I can have this in play and then turn three thought sees them get their best card and then play it that turn, like regardless of attacking yeah. <laughs> or well, like that's this where, and the Liliana. That's, like the, that's the piece of the text that really stands out to me, right? Because unless you're dealing with incremental mill, which, which is totally good. Like all the stuff you're talking about with rogues, if you're talking about like milling off of a hedron crab or a ruined crab off of like, uh, you know, fetch lands and stuff like that, like that type of incidental mill is great. But the most, the heaviest mill things that you can do are when you're just paying like a certain amount of mana to mill their deck. Uh, and those things cost mana. So if you do that, if you have this in play, and let's say I do glimpse you, let's say on turn three, I glimpse you, right? And I mill 10 for two. I won't have any mana to cast the thing. No, it's for free. I don't need any mana. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I won't need any mana. So the fact that you can both mill them for mana that turn and also cast the spell without having to have additional mana available is what makes it such a cool extra well, piece of text. But I, th I think honestly more than that, the discard plan is the real thing, right? Like the fact that you can thought season and choose which card goes into their graveyard because it's from anywhere. So, so it's not even, you don't even have to mill. Who cares about milling? Or if you kill their creature or their creature dies or they fetch land, right? Like you can get a fetch land off of this. It's play, it's not cast. So say you play this on turn two and you just, your hand's filled with four drops and your opponent is just getting ahead, but they fetch, you can use the Dwathi to get to, you ramp to three mana. Or if you have a five drop and you don't really need this in play anymore, they're a deck that the three, two, like they're a deck that this won't do anything against them for whatever reason, you're able to ramp off of it. But I think, I think the Thoughtseize game is the big one. It's just being able to, and makes it like honestly really playable in Jun, being able to get your opponent's best card in their hand and cast it for free on the same turn on turn three, like is such a big game and so backbreaking for people. And then if you don't get their discard, you have an unblock, you have like three, a three, two worth of damage every turn that also hates out half the format because any deck that wants to interact with the graveyard loses. Um, this card is super powerful. I'm super, I'm super hyped. I think this, this is like not, not, feel, not like, I think it's on the top end of cards we've gotten to preview on this podcast. Like, I think it's like top I think when four. We, when we, when we previewed ghostly pilfer, it was a card that we really liked and yeah. we thought was really cool. And I think had a lot of potential, but we both kind of knew that it was cuter than it was powerful. And it's a really fun card. And I've played ghostly pilfer to like great effect, but it doesn't stand out as like, this card is busted. This card has the potential to be busted. Like yeah. this card has real potential to push heavy black decks into. I shut down your whole strategy by my aggressive three, two creature existing. Like I just play this on turn two. And if you are trying to do something cute and don't have a way to deal with this, you just lost. I just got rid of your whole game plan. Like yep. there's a lot of decks in modern 50% of them. I would say 
where this just stops what they're doing. 50% a lot. I don't think 50% of the decks in modern are like graveyard focused decks. Like, right. Like the, the, the big deck you're fending this against that, like probably is maybe fine with this is Heliod company. But even then that's when your thoughts using them out of the opponent. That's when your removal spells are removing their threats and you're able to get them with it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely real decks in the format that you're able to stop, and it, this is this is a really good answer to them. Now, now I do want to kind of talk about other formats outside of outside of uh, uh, necessarily modern. Before I do that, I do want to say that the um, card that we got there's also a a full art version, like the the extended frame version. Uh, we previewed that today this morning, also on TikTok uh, on my TikTok at Kess Wiley on TikTok. Check that out. You'll be able to see kind of the full art. It's exclusive to there. This is where we're previewing the regular card and doing a whole breakdown. There's like a 60 second thing kind of just freaking out about how cool the card is. <laughs> but definitely check that out if you want to see the full art. That's the exclusive place that's going to be. And then obviously here for the regular card. Now, um, Commander is the other place I wanted to talk about that. That's also the format where the threats are bigger. You are talking about Emrakul before, but if you want to talk about a format that you can get a big threat off of someone, this card gets it for them. Graveyard and interaction matters significantly more, right? Almost every deck is built in some way to abuse the graveyard. And not to mention like CDH levels of competitive play where this like, I think this is a CDH staple. Like the fact that like I mean, this yeah. shuts down Breach, that this, shut, this shuts down through the Breach decks, this shuts down like anything that's trying to recurse stuff from the graveyard. And you get to cast like an Adnaz if you mill it, or if they cast it, like, and I forget when things go to the resolve moment. But yeah, I think this card's really good. Also, it triggers Timma in the CDH role, but the regular commander, like, just exiling people's graveyards is really, really powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is just extremely good. Also, like, in blue black decks that play counter spells, having this in play, countering something really meaningful, it going to their graveyard, and then being able to cast the thing you just countered. At your creature speed. been sitting in play at instant speed seems very good, <laughs> right? Like there, people play gigantic spells. People play huge spells in in EDH all the time. So, yeah, I think in in EDH in CDH for sure. This is also the type of card that in a format like Highlander Gauntlet and like a hundred card and like any single, type of single thing can land or yeah. stuff. Like yeah, easy, this easy, is going to stand easy out. Like, I'll play this. I'll play this in my wheel right away. Um, and then I think this is legacy invention, like, uh, like the fact that this is like such a strong answer to dredge and ev the older the format you get into, the more prevalent dredge becomes, uh, is like on its own, a reason to be playing it. It's two mana. It's a threat. It does all the things you want to do in those formats. And then it has like weird card advantage moments where you can just get people. I think this is like a multi-format staple. Uh, I'm really, really excited by this. I think this is, this is, I think the card Dwathi rogue, maybe there's a few of them, but it was in market Rosewater's like preview thing. I think this is the preview version of it um so I'm, I'm hyped there's a reason that this card i think was a focus for people and um i think i think just like the big downside of it not being able to block or it being black black is super solvable in most formats and yeah. it's so powerful that it'll be make it worth it to kind of lean into that for new cards is it just this and push are the only two that are really competing for the top level of power of what we previewed i feel like it's probably this and push right because i feel like push at the time yeah, outside of reprints format out of reprints, yeah. But if for new cards, though, I feel like Push moved the format forward majorly in like a huge way. It's not as good now as it was then. It's just like a little bit less, little well, bit think, less of a solid still, card. I think Fatal Push is still like a top three premiere. It's still one of the most played cards in the format. I think that like 
in all of magic outside of just modern i do think kes does get 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 uh, a lift up i think in modern it hasn't seen any real significant play but it is like one of the top 10 commanders in in in, in commander so i think there it does see play and it did see some legacy play i think like Fatal Push, yeah, has, I think Fatal Push by far, why, like even this card I don't think is going to be as good as Fatal Push ever was. Blossoming Defense has seen a lot of play. Um, yeah. The, I wish that the Merfolk had seen more play. <laughs> yeah, like Claim <laughs> Fame hasn't seen as much play. Like, Claim Fame has seen play, though. It's not like Claim Fame hasn't seen play. Actually, Claim Fame has actually seen more play in Historic uh, than it yeah, has seen in Modern. Claim fame. Um, so it has seen a lot of play there uh, now that it's been added to that format. Yeah, no, I think I think this is one of the most powerful cards we've gotten to preview. I'm excited to see it in every format. I think this is like easy, easy, a good pickup to like the, if you want to be playing these formats for a long time and could be a really expensive card. So we're, we're, we're really hyped. This card's super powerful. Like the more I read it and the more I think of use cases, the more my brain like continues to like love it. Even like death or uh, death and taxes decks, like we didn't even talk about those. The fact that this exiles cards that then you can get with your processors and also is a hate bear so it hates on decks that normally are a bad matchup for those decks like the problem here is that the mana cost is a little bit harder to cast but those decks can get a right like can move around playing double black um especially because double black's one of the easiest cards like eventually you just play urborg right like eventually right. worst case scenario you're like you know what i need to hit thoughtseize i need to hit this i need to hit liliana the veil one two three okay but i then i want to play blood braid elf or i want to play a double red card or whatever just play urborg as a one of in your deck or a two of in your deck and like move on with your life. Like I like, you could almost make mono black Jund between this Bob fatal push thought sees Liliana, the veil, like a mono black control deck. There's now enough pieces there that like, you can get really far not having Karmagoyf and lightning bolt. And card is really good. You know, card is really good that I think doesn't play perfectly with this card, but I think the power level of it is high is the three mana X3 lifelink death touch flying rogue from the last Zendikar set. It's Tarmog. Yeah, it's every card type in your graveyard or it's your opponent's graveyard. graveyard. Yes, it is your opponent's graveyard. Right. So it doesn't play perfectly with this card, obviously, because it exiles stuff from their graveyard. But like you're not going to have yeah. this card to play all the time. And I just think in a format like modern with Liliana and with hand disruption, you're going to fill their graveyard. They're going to crack fetch lands like that card is just a very strong, efficiently costed, heavy black finisher. It, I mean, it just will end the game. That is an interesting dichotomy with this card is that the main rogues are not the, the main rogue mechanic is getting eight cards in your opponent's graveyard so that they turn on. Yep. And this prevents that from happening. Now, one thing that is cool about this card is it doesn't rest in peace, right? It doesn't ETB exile their graveyard. It It's any card once this is in play that enters their graveyard, right. it removes, which A, does give dredge turn one and turn two on the player, turn one on the draw to kind of get going um which is good because uh, like on the play that means something on the draw it doesn't uh but it does mean like thieves guild enforcer never becomes a three two uh death touch for one it's always just going to be a f a one one that milled them but you can also just sacrifice it once you get a card you want and then their graveyard is back for you to be able to use for decks that it doesn't matter so i think yeah this this is it's super versatile it definitely needs to figure out where it wants to work and there's just like other good rogues in modern that i'm sure we're figuring or not talking about that this is going to work with um i'm i'm i think like this card's so versatile and like on its face value just eating graveyards in this way almost makes it like unban some of the graveyard cards 
this is so strong. I'm gonna like I'm like those graveyard decks are gonna need help. <laughs> like death yeah, rate shaman I mean, levels gonna... of just like main deckable graveyard hate kind of. Uh, it's also not it's also not a three one, which they could have so easily done. They could have made this a three one quite easily, and you would have had things. Red and six. You would have had right. cards like yeah, Ren and six, Lavadar. You would have had cards that people play in various decks that would gotcha. that would take this out. Um, versus it having two toughness is is actually significant. Like it, it does actually make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. No, this card's this card's the real deal. I'm super hyped. I'm excited to be here. It's day two of our previews for Modern Horizons 2. Uh, we feel very fortunate and are so thankful for Wizards to uh, give us these incredible preview cards, uh, free previews that we, yeah, we just, it's it's the perfect set for us. You know, we've been doing modern content for seven years and, and now we get to... Uh, Get two sick new cards. The first one was previewed yesterday. Amazing Shadow Creature 3-2. Go listen to our whole entire review of that yesterday. It's on the channel. If you're listening to this on audio, you just are coming from that directly. But one of the coolest preview cards we've ever gotten by far. And today's is pretty sweet, man. I got to say, the one that we're previewing today, I'm pretty excited about. Oh, absolutely. I do think, I do think like th these two sets of cards are like top end of power level we've ever gotten a preview i'm really hyped they do a lot of cool things to the format uh the second card is actually one that we've gotten requests for as cards they want like when we did our modern horizons video and modern horizons 2 video they were is a type of card that people wanted that wasn't printed in modern horizons 1 that they wanted to see in 2 um and or Keldheim. That's a little bit of a sneak preview of what this card is about, um, but uh, didn't get printed. And now in Modern Horizons 2, we're officially previewing it. I'm super hyped. It also is uh, my favorite type of card from Modern Horizons 1, which is taking um, uh, uh, faction mechanics. So uh, stuff like any of the Guild of Ravnica, like Convoke or stuff from Konzatark here and allowing it to be another color. So like putting Delvin red is a good example or putting evolve from Simic on a black creature. So this is that kind of mechanic. It's, it's playing in the space of uh, um, this is a mechanic that other colors had locked. And this is a different color than what was there before. So that's, that's super hype. I'm excited before we get into what it is uh, for those who don't know her, just tuning in for the first time, we are the MMCast YouTube channel. We do uh, primarily modern content through the masters of honor podcast. Also known as the MMM Cast Podcast. We also do a Commander live stream uh, every Monday night uh, at, on twitch.tv slash Kess Wiley. Uh, that also then lives on the Kess Games YouTube channel, uh, which is our, our sister channel that we do. We release all the Commander content there. Uh, we were releasing it here. We've now moved it officially over there for people that are normal listeners uh, wondering where those went. They're on the Kess Games YouTube channel. Link will be below. Um, but then thank you, Wizards, for giving us a chance to preview these cards. They're super awesome and uh, we always love doing it. It's it's one of it's why I got into content creation and started working really hard just to finally get preview cards. And it's super hyped. And this is Modern Horizons. <laughs> this is the set. This is where as the one of the main modern podcasts, this is our home. Uh, modern Masters shine, and Modern Horizon sets. It's where we shine. You get to be the people. So, yeah, let's get to it, man. Let's, you, I know you have a giant printout of it there. Um, yeah, it looks good. It, what's the back of it? Is it like some sort of textured? It's a it's a it's foam core. Okay. We that's have an industrial-sized printer at the office. It's how we make all of this backer paper that's behind me, showing off all of our the toys we make as a toy company or the battle bosses thing for the game we are coming out with. But none of that. This is about Magic the Gathering. And uh, the first thing uh, I will say is that it is a sorcery. Okay, it's a sorcery. Different, it, different than a creature, like last time we did this game. 
Last time we had a a creature that was uh, two CMC and it was a pretty specific mana cost. It was black black. So fun um, fact, fun fact. This is also two CMC and also black black. So this is a double wow, black sorcery. The heavy black devotion set. Yes. So we've got double double black again. Yes, and this 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 one this one uh, has a reason to get all you know. Nykthos might be involved. Uh, this uh, is an uncommon. Okay. So not a rare, an uncommon, but uh, uh, still, still, that's as we've talked before. Rarity has nothing to do with power level. It has to do with limited, uh, and or where they want you know value in the set. Um, it is um okay. So so the next thing, uh, it has overload for black black. That's so fact. so that is the faction mechanic you were mentioning. Correct. Because uh, originally, originally overload from the is it mechanic? Yes, it was only in blue red. In the last time we visited uh, Modern Horizons or the land of Modern Horizons, I don't think it takes place on a specific plane. Uh, there was a white overload spell, I believe, added to the yeah. mix and a yeah, green it one. Right? It was one white. Uh, both of them. Yes, the, there was there was scale up was the green one, which was an uncommon. And then the white one was uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it was one white. It was an exile no, target was, creature and you can overload. Yeah, it was one in uh, a white and it exiled a target creature, put a land in the play or you can overload it. So it was pad the exile for one in a white, uh, but you could overload it. And then the green one was scale up, which is a target creature gets base power six, four. Both of them have seen a ton of play in modern. I think this one will as well. So I don't believe there was a black one. So I believe this is the this is the missing black overload card. Um, but that's not the thing people are asking for. That's back. The thing that the people are asking for was the rules text. And that is and now the card art will show there between the two of us. Destroy target land that is snow or could produce one uh, a colorless, a generic mana. And for overload, as you mentioned, that means you can wreck somebody who's playing snow for six. You can one sided Armageddon their whole board if they're playing a bunch of snowlands. Yeah, you you savage. You, you can Armageddon one sided snowlands. You can Armageddon one sided Tron decks. Yeah, this is heavy or against any Tron. any anything uh, playing Thought Not Seer. You can just top deck this on turn six and be like, sorry, all your lands are dead. You wanted a mono black yeah. way to destroy um, Tron decks. Here you go. Now this card's really really cool right it's like one of the more powerful it, it's a reference to sinkhole right that's that's classically the original mono black 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 destroy target land um and saw a ton of play in pox i played that in pox decks for a long time i remember one of my favorite like realizations that magic isn't the best christmas or birthday gift from parents is i asked my mom to get me 4x sinkhole for my birthday it was like my birthday present i was trying to build pox it was the only card it was kind of, it was expensive at the time that i didn't own and she like responds like oh this is really expensive i was like oh yeah it, like it was i think at the time they were 40 bucks it was going to be like a 160 dollar gift i was like oh that's that's expensive and she was like yeah it was like 600 and i was like wait what <laughs> and it looks and it ends up and i look it up and she bought the um the judge promo sinkhole where there yeah, were exactly only four copies available on channelfireball.com because she thought I wanted sinkhole X4, not four times four copies of the <laughs> the cheapest sinkhole she could get. So that's that's my Did she actually get you she actually got you four of the judge she she was like I'm just gonna get this really nice no, no, gift no, no, and she no. got it for you. She she didn't get four of them. She thought the sinkhole X4 was the full title of the card. So the fact that Channel Fireball only had four copies in stock of the Judge promo is oh, the reason she got oh, so that she got one. You one of them. She got you one of them. Well, no, I she, I, luckily we got there before she, <laughs> they, we were able to get the okay. Channel Fireball, and they were kind and they they let us do um, 
like just get four regular singles because you know it was an honest mistake <laughs> and i learned my lesson i'm not asking for single uh singles for my birthday um but this card right here um is is a reference to that it's 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 a reference to sinkhole it has the ability to just for two black destroy target land um there are a ton of colorless lands that see play in the format it's a great little hate hate card right like so many of the lands that are that see play kills any ink moth nexus or any nexus it kills um any of the tron lands it kills uh ghost quarter or other land hate cards which i think is really interesting um i do think this is and like there's you know there's decks that play um what's the what's the gain life where you tap for one go over the burn willows it, it destroys um so there's there's definitely cool lands it gets rid of there is you know i think like this is much more of a sideboard card versus our other one right there's not yeah, enough I decks that play imagine you would be able to main deck this card i mean i think you probably i mean this is just a just offhand projection but i think you probably have somewhere in the 30 percent range 30 to 40 percent of decks you probably would, would would likely run across a colorless or Snowland. i think stone blade and snow decks in general even without astrolabe are still fairly common like they're mm -hmm. still good decks so i think you would just hit some basic Snowlands, and i definitely think as you mentioned grove there are still eldrazi decks there are still tron decks there are still variants of all those decks um but you also are going to run across some two color decks that just are going to play fetches and shocks right. and just don't play colorless. And the problem is they've printed so many good lands over the last 10 years that are rare and uh, non-basic outside of the just like normal ones. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, any man land with Raging Ravine or, or Tar Pit or Colonnade, those don't produce colorless, right? right? They're actually just that good. They just are tapped creature but lands it, or it does kill the filter lands, which do see some play. Obviously not a ton. It does kill all of the like Gavity Township loot, uh, loot house. But yeah. And then the other ones that I think it, it I mean, it does obviously take out uh, pain lands, but I was going to say the one, the, the mana that got added to modern in the last couple of years that became very prominent that uh, this doesn't get rid of are the horizon lands. Yep, the, you'll true. see decks play one of those, two of those sometimes. And because, the whole nature of those cards, the restriction is that they don't give you colorless. Uh, you have to pay life if you want to get mana out of them. So I think I can't imagine more than 40% of games you'd run into a card that this would take out, but that's still not the worst. I just would probably make this as more of a metagame call if I was going to try to main deck it. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would ever make it. I think like the, the big miss that this card maybe even was designed for was Field of the Dead, right? Like that that card was so much more ubiquitous six months ago that this became a much more important piece to being able to fight that card. I do think, and like, and the fact that snow decks were as popular as they were um, even six months ago. Um, I think that this card is like there definitely in John, definitely in decks. I've, I've definitely had like a two of uh, full matter mages or what's the, 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 I always forget it. The devoid four mana exile a land. And then you, you, uh, extirpate them. Oh, 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 right. It's called, um, crumble right to there. dust. Yeah. Crumble to dust. Um, so like there, there are those cards that like do that. This is a card that I would probably put in a Jun deck instead of, um, the fact that this like is useful on turns two through five, and then is a nuclear option that will win you the game on turn six if you can get to it against Tron decks and against Snow decks is like a real consideration. This could hint that over the last week, all of those amazing snow cards Wizards has that were previewed or those that one snow card that they previewed, we have 
you know, obviously we know what has been previewed because we didn't record this two weeks ago <laughs> as a day of release. Um, this could be also another answer of like being able to fight the cards that are being printed in the format. That's kind of one of the complaints people had during Modern Horizons 1. And that's what I was mentioning at the beginning of the podcast as we entered the world of... Um, snow being reprinted on powerful cards there was a moment where snow became there's just no reason to run basics there were people joking like oh why would i ever run a basic land when snow is better and like the limitation on like oh there's only three times snow is printed i only get to play with one of these three snow arts uh that's been fixed uh, definitely by caldheim coming out and then also just like some of the big incentives for snow ended up being so powerful they got banned but i think those decks are still a thing um, and this is a great answer to those. Um, and more cards in snow may be being printed more. I think they've decided people like snow. Uh, and this makes it so that a basic land is still like a snow land in modern is now not is no longer just strictly better than a basic land. Yeah. The other thing that I think stands out about this is so today right now, given what we have, this card isn't main deckable because the cards that people play are not by and large lands that produce colorless and snow. Like like I said, 30 to 40 is my mm -hmm. guess. After the printing of the set, maybe that changes. Maybe we do drift more into snow and maybe that becomes even stronger. But the truth is, lands that produce colorless mana are one of Magic's staple mainstays. Sure. And over the years, they go back to that over and over again. Yeah. So the fact that this card now exists is because because right now I imagine ripping this card mid game, casting it as a six drop and it's either going to be completely nuclear or it's going to be six mana to get rid of like one or maybe two lands, right? Like you're not going to get like Outside four of out of seven yeah. in most decks right now. But in a few years, if they go back to a few land cycles or if they focus on snow right. further, this card just gets better and better every year. The fact that this exists now, I think is a very cool option. And it's one of those cards that we're going to see start popping up in sideboards and we're going to see it become a defining card at a certain point. It might just not be there yet. Yeah, I mean, like if 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 they print the Grove of the Burn Willows as a full cycle, which could happen in any any day, if they uh revisit uh wingding you know eldrazi mana in a real way which is what i that's something i'm really excited about i think that would be a really cool thing to revisit at some point that's a way for this cart become more relevant there's already two decks right any snow deck which is now going to be a thing forever and any tron deck already wants this affinity decks also play a lot of colorless producing lands so that's another deck like any artifact based decks lean heavily in that world um and I think, like, I don't think this is a main deck card. I don't think it ever will be. I think this is a sideboard card. Uh, I do think, though, uh, outside of modern, that there is more conversations in main deckableness, specifically in well, commander. There is no sideboard, but in commander or Highlander formats, um, especially in commander, like this card's bonkers to overload it, right? And it's like kind of the perfect level of fair, where it's like it's a great, useful tool. Early game, you can use it to get rid of an academy ruins or um just like something that someone is doing that's unfair uh and then late game you're able to just like blow up six of your opponent's lands amongst them so it's not backbreaking yeah. but it gets rid of their field of the dead and that person's academy ruins and that person's hall of heliod and that person's wasteland that they tapped and that person's strip mine and now you don't have to worry about those cards i think that like on its own makes it super valuable and then in legacy the ability to get rid of wasteland is like the reason this could be even main deckable right is like most decks are playing Wasteland and Legacy. And so this does have a target in every deck you're facing as a, as a, you need to be wanting to destroy their land like that, but that's an option there. Yeah. I think the issue there is that if it's, if it's untapped, it's like using this against them is dumb because you're spending a car that they're just going to pop their Wasteland in response to take out your land. I'm thinking in Pox. 
I think in mono black. Like yeah. I think that's if you're playing if you're playing yeah if you're playing mono black then like yeah like yeah. you, you just, like you if you're playing it, them out yeah you just don't want them to be able to hit your own basic the that non basic that's relevant but those decks are playing mostly swamps to kind of have that effect so I think that's yeah that's kind of the goal there um, yeah I'm 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 really excited by this card uh, I do think. Like I love, I and and I love all the ones they previewed that I can't talk about because we haven't seen the set yet. <laughs> um, but I love, I love when they take mechanics that were like specific to a, a single single group and and extend it to other colors to see what it looks like. Uh, we played uh, Modern Horizons last weekend for the first time. We did a big draft of Modern Horizons and and Time Spot remastered. Uh, we did a draft format where you. Um, draft two times and then each deck you you build two different decks and then you have to play with one at random and then you have to play with that the next one and then you get a third match if you go best of three um it's really fun highly recommend if you have the time um but modern horizons um, one of my like mvps was the zero one goblin one mana goblin that has exalted oh yeah that card's sweet i did like 30 damage over the draft with that because i just kept i like in three games i got it turn one and i played it and they were just like i'm not gonna block this one 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 two like i'm not gonna like like I, for whatever reason, I was able to tempo them out of being able to stop my one, two. And then by the time it was irrelevant, I had another creature that then the exalted carried over to. So it did like the noble hierarch thing. It was great. I like, I had such a great time. I like love when they do stuff like that. So I'm, I'm super hyped seeing overload, uh, return on other cards. I loved it last time they did it. I love this card. Um, the, like the fact that they've now given a real weakness to snow, I think is like just really important. I think like agreed snow before Modern Horizons 2, Snow was just bad. The way they answered to make sure that Snow was never better than Basics is they just made never made good Snow cards. Or there are like three actual tournament playable Snow cards ever printed. Um, Scrying Sheets, Scred, and, and that's Mouth it. Mouth of Ronom? Maybe. Did that see Constructed play? There are I mean, Snow... Mouth of Ronom back in the day could like blow... I could kill something. Scrying Sheets was the, was the card draw one. And then Scred... Scred. Because, because, uh, like, there was sn- cards that are snow types have seen play, but they were not snow themed. Like, uh, 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 Dark Depths does not care that it's snow. What's cool though is that this does right. kill Dark Depths. <laughs> this does, True, yeah. um, so that's another cool. Ah, uh, this also is a sorcery, so that doesn't work. I was thinking, does it kill Thespian Stage as it's cloned to Dark Depths? And can you respond to kill it? You can if this was an instant, <laughs> but it's not, it's a sorcery. Can um, I just add, can I add really quickly to our conversation of MVPs from our, because it was really fun what we did. Like yeah. the, we drafted, we drafted a full Time Spiral remastered deck. We drafted a full Modern Horizons deck. And then, like you said, we played, we got to play with both and it was like a roll off thing. And uh, I had this great memory of being way back in the day and playing Future Sight and the card Riddle of Lightning. And I used to love Riddle of Lightning. Red, red, three, instant, uh-huh. choose a target. Scry three, reveal the top card of your library, and you get that much damage to a target. So I took four of them in our draft. I ended up with four Riddle of Lightnings. Okay. Plus, I ended up with, like, a million high-cost cards with weird things. So, like, Kelden Halberdiers and the white Ivory Giant, like, you know, the five and, and seven mana suspend cards. Gathen Raiders, that's a morph where you can unmorph it by discarding a card. I had two of those. They cost five face value. So... Angel of Salvation, the eight mana convoke five five with flash. Um, so the whole idea of every single time I played Riddle of Lightning was this is going to usually be five mana, five damage, instant speed. Like it will set the top of my library and I will almost always get five at least out of this. Right. And I had one game where I was playing against our buddy Matt Danovic and it was like pretty close. And I just had two of them in hand. And I just like end of turn domed him six drew domed him five and happened to draw another one that i had scribed to the top <laughs> nice. and just like 15 him over the course of two turns and he was like oh that was fun 
<laughs> it's like this is so sweet. It's like these are so stupid, but what a good way to win. That was such a cool format. I think I think maybe my one idea I had was, and this might be big brain plays, it might be exhausting to do, is uh draft two drafts. Because originally what we were gonna do is draft three draft, and then people were like tired after the second one and we wanted to play. So you'd need like a whole afternoon to do that. But maybe an idea is draft two drafts, but do four packs. And your decks, you get you have to build three decks once you're done each of those decks have to have exclusively cards from each set. Like you can't have cards from the other set in your deck, but then you get one deck that is a mix. Oh, okay. That's the extra card. So you get to, I see what you're saying. You, that's why you do four pack, right? So you, you, you get, you get like the draft chapter of the first two, and then you get a whole extra pack from each set that you then have to like, put together and see if you can build a deck it might be like that sounds kind of nuts because i feel like you would still just be drafting for the strength of your deck a and b so you would just have like the chaff version the last unplayable cards of your deck a and b that would just form another of the same color deck that was way less powerful is kind of my guess maybe or like uh, it, it like benefits you in pack one for both sets to just like pick the best card every single time from the pack and then hopefully when you get to your last pack of each, you're like able to like pick what that deck looks like. I want to do, I mean, I, I it sounds like something that like super magic, cool. magic pros that are like top level would love to do. And then people that haven't played this draft format a hundred times would be like, would, it so would, dumb, would be yeah. so difficult. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, what Let's I do want it. to do is cause, cause we were almost there with the three drafts. We just started a little late, but like for one of our BT weekends that we go and do, um, where we do the whole, uh, you know, we do the whole Highlander thing and all that. Yeah. We bring cards. Um, I would love to do that with the group and and especially if it was an actual eight players or like 16 so that we had an exact number, I would want to I would love to draft three decks and you do the whole roll off thing we were talking about. Like that sounds like such a fun way to play with really devoted players that want to like give a whole day of magic, like start at noon right. kind of a thing. That just sounds perfect. So uh, it would be expensive, but I would do it in a heartbeat. It just it literally sounds like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's like really cool things you can do mixing with draft formats once you start adding a multiple deck drafts that you do. Um, and I'm really excited once we get the paper magic to try that out. But um, and to do with Mon like one you could do is you could do Modern Horizons one and Modern Horizons two uh, and then draft like t those two sets. That would be cool because uh, because the problem is I don't think you could draft them together very easily. Right. I think like. We don't know yet, but I doubt I don't think snow is going to be as important as a mechanic to the format and like other kind of through lines like the the tribal synergies might not be as as prevalent in the set might be wrong for those who know this card is coming, I believe, on the last day of previews and we are recording this three weeks ago before we've seen a single card but counterspell. So we we don't know what's in the set, but I would imagine they're not very draftable together. And because of that, but this would be a cool way to do like a Modern Horizons all-in draft where you like can get some of the pieces that do work, like the changing cards that can go in either set. I don't know. I I, I would be down to try this. Um, but there's honestly the, the more the more we talk about it, the more I start thinking about crazy formats where we could like. Okay, I know that we're I know that we have to end the episode, but let's just think about this for a second, okay? If we want to talk about like master sets that have a focus of dope cards that like crossover, right? Yep. So you get Horizons one and two for sure. Yeah. You get all three modern master sets. So that now you have five sets that are kind of focused in the modern world. You have eternal, iconic, ultimate, double. Um, so that's already nine, right? What's am I missing? One master set, eternal, iconic, ultimate, double. The problem with doing it as a chaos draft format, where you're doing all the master sets, is that now you're just drafting 
like three decks out of a single pool and that pool has no like unification right that would be so hard to keep track of that that one you're just drafting at three decks but you're you're able you're drafting a sealed pool and then you're building three decks out of a sealed pool that you drafted which is definitely possible um though intense i like i like the idea of more keeping it like you have to have one set and you have to have another and that way it's not well, i think you would still no I, th- I think what i'm what i'm saying is i don't think you would do it as like you draft them all to be together. I think you would pair those sets in the best way you could based on the mechanics. And each draft would be a chaos of three of them. So I think you'd have like horizons one and two sure. probably paired with like iconic. Oh, oh so you and do it how have... we did it already where we, you build, you draft, you build a deck and then you do a second draft and you build a deck and they don't mix. And then you just have two cool, different chaos draft decks that you have to then battle off. I'll bet you modern masters one, two and three would probably be the next block. And then the remaining master sets, which is probably ultimate double and eternal are probably so expensive. Probably (laughs) you have probably three different masters things. You do three drafts back to back. And now you do the thing where you roll off like it would. I have to think probably the cost to do nine of them with such master sets would be expensive. Like that sounds extraordinarily expensive. Yeah, like it would be it would be expensive to do it. And then there's actually there's time spell remastered. I I forgot about. So like. I, I have a feeling it would be like 150 to 200 to do nine packs like sure. that. But honestly, I would love to like reach out to some of our magic friends and be like, let's do this for a day. Let's have like a full magic day a few months from now, like, and try to plan this. This sounds like such a fun day. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm always down to do cool draft formats. <laughs> I, I mean, like I'm also excited for mystery boosties to come back. Mystery boosters are coming to like regular card stores. I believe they did to like last week. So um that's something i'm also hyped about there's just like a lot of cool magic to do this summer and now that we can if because we got vaccinated it's, it's really hype but uh once again uh thank you so much wizards of the coast for uh giving us the chance to preview these two cards mono black is rising let's do this let's make this happen um i'm hyped between the two cards i, I think i'm i know what my favorite one but ben do you have a, do you have a favorite I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that the name Break the Ice is a straight laugh out loud. Like, it's phenomenal. It's like, oh, it's, just, yeah. it's like very, very funny that like they've had this in their like, pocket for a long time. They've like yeah, they've, yeah, they've yeah, had yeah. this name like being like, <laughs> we need the card for this. And then they eventually designed but I it. I do. I do think the Dawa Dawa tie. What do you call it? How do you pronounce it? Dal Dal Duathi, I think I said Dal Dal Duathi. Is it Dal? I think I think our Duathi. I think our Duathi Voidwalker is my favorite. This card. This card rocks. Look how look like it like the glare on the moon. I actually for a second thought that was the glare from my ceiling, and then there you can see I have like a big L. Um, yeah, this guy's really cool. I think both are great, right? Like I, I like I think both of these are super playable. Um, like I think this one has the highest ceiling, but also maybe the highest floor. Like this could just not see play. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is like the real deal. Um, but it has like, it has like some features of a card that won't see play. It doesn't do anything when it enters the battlefield, dies to everything um, versus like, like the forever decks that can do two black will have this in their sideboard to fight Tron decks. Like regardless of anything else that happens in magic, like this wrecks Tron all day long. Um, so yeah, I'm hyped for both really excited to see what other sets come out. So, so those who don't know, we recorded this way ahead of time. So we're excited. Um, if you missed yesterday, we also previewed the full art version of Duathi, um, void walker uh we did not we, there is no full art because it's an uncommon but the rares do have the full art that's on my tiktok at kess wiley uh if you are a tiktok person follow me there um and 
Make sure to check out on Monday. We do a live commander stream at Kess Wiley. Those are now getting posted on our Kess Games YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com slash Kess Games, you can see the last three weeks uh, or four weeks of uh, commander games there. Um, plus, we'll I'll start re-uploading some of the stuff we've done in the past there as well. So make sure to check that out. That's really fun. Uh, and, and we're going to start posting our commander content because we realized that we wanted this to be specifically focused on the MMM Cast podcast. We're also consolidating it. So normally there'll be one video a week. Um, so you know exactly where it comes out every Monday. Um, and, uh, we're just so hyped to like, get back to modern and paper magic. It's been, it's been, it's been a year and we're back to the world. It's going to be great. All right, guys. Thanks for watching two episodes of preview content or listening to a full episode, uh, obviously on audio. We'll see you guys very soon. And thank you so much for listening and watching. Absolutely. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.